Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Season two. Season two. Season two. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another season of Romance at a Glance. We are at season two, episode two, and we are tackling J.R. Ward all season today, bringing you Lover Awakened. I'm your host, Bridget, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Shani. How are you today, Shani? I'm doing good. Whoop, whoop. Ready for season two. Yes. Loving season two. Season two is coming along splendidly. Who caught last week's episode? Were you as excited as we were to start diving into J.R. Ward? Ten episodes all season long. I'm so excited, Bridget. I love J.R. Ward. You know how I feel about it. You know how I feel about this week's book. I'm so excited to get into this. Yes, this week's book we are tackling Zadist. I say Zadist because there's a Z, even though I know it's Sadist, but I like calling it Zadist. Yeah, so I can't, I cannot call him Sadist. He is forever Zadist. He's okay. the only one that we pronounce incorrectly, but it's just got to be that now. Yeah, so Zadist and Bella, mm-hmm. um, if you remember at the end of the last book, Bella had just been captured by the Lessening Society, and we did not know her fate, and Zadist was filled with rage and agony over that, um, because he obviously, last book, was denying all of his feelings for Bella. But he had all of the feelings. All the feelings. And I was ready for them in this book. Yes. Mm. Oh, my goodness. So let's just put us into where we are. This is book three of the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Paranormal romance, vampires, got to be paranormal. And in this book, we are focusing on one of the brothers who has the worst reputation of the bunch. He's got scars. He's got slave bands. Everyone thinks that he's murdering females all the time. Um, And I do have to say that, not that he didn't kill a female because he does kill his old mistress, but he really doesn't try to disabuse anyone of the notion that he's the worst. Yeah. Even though he's really not. He he's really, really super damaged. He's really got a lot of PTSD. From this book, we get to see inside his mind a little bit and see how much of a sexual repression that he has. Like, even though he was raped and raped for centuries, like, he really doesn't understand how to have sex or how to kiss or what other people like because everything was forced from him. And he really, like, he calls it, like, floating above himself. And he just, like, wasn't really a part of any of it. Mm-hmm. And never even ejaculated until Bella. And so it's kind of sad for me that everyone thinks that he's like killing females. And even though in the first <laughs> book, when they accuse him of being the one who killed the females, it he says, no, it wasn't me. And wasn't, gives the evidence yeah. about why it wasn't. And they're all like, oh, you're right. We should believe in you. And then in this book, they're so quick to believe he's hurting Bella again. That's That's how I feel. Well, in the other book, I feel like they weren't super quick to believe him. He kept saying, like, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, and they didn't believe him at first. Um, and then the whole other book, you f- everybody's talking about him, like he's this really bad person doing terrible things, but he never really did anything terrible other than, like, maybe coming on to someone a little bit, like, aggressively, but not nothing actually ever happening. Right. And that was the most that ever happened. So we only get this reputation yeah. from him by everybody's opinion that they because he looks scary because yeah. of his scars. But he's and never he acts, actually did he anything acts yet. scary in the sense that he's constantly verbally like threatening people and he puts off that because he's a vampire, so he that puts vibe. off a big He's like vampire fuck you. bitch face. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but yeah, he doesn't to your point, he doesn't actually really do bad things. Yeah. Um and even like took care of John Matthews like bully in this yeah. book. Yeah. I, mean, like, I feel like sweet, it's a stretch. He's, he's a sweetheart. And I think it's crazy that they don't believe him because he just spent the last six weeks like on a war path to find her. So it makes no sense to me that they immediately think that he's hurting her when she screams. And the reason she screams is because she can't see him yeah. because her eyes are all fucked up from what that psycho lesser did. Yeah, and she's got like what, like a salve or some kind of grease yeah. across her so eyes. So she can't see and it's yeah. dark and he's big and standing near her. Anyone would scream. And it's crazy to me. They're like, I'm like, he just spent six weeks literally like eating lessers and <laughs> ripping them apart <laughs> and not sleeping and not eating. Yeah. And now you believe he's actually attacking her. That to me, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. You guys suck. You suck. You all are the worst. Fury in this book really made me furious. So like the one thing about any kind of supernatural book or even like superheroes or anything is that sometimes people have superpowers and they discount them in the book, right? 
So like when Bella screams, a lot of them have like super hearing. So they only hear her scream, but they don't ever hear like what else is going on. There's like, they never pick up any other context, which I'm always like, kind of like, like, come on. You could have heard him the way he reacted to her or like the way he was helping her afterwards at first screaming or that sort of thing. It's always like, oh, they go to the worst possible thing. But I'm like, you have, you kind of have some super hearing. Like you could have kind of heard that like everything was all right. You know what I mean? And in the scene right before that, he is like so cautious that Havers is going to respect her and not going to do anything to hurt her or harm her. And then he bathes her body and then he tucks her into his bed and he's watching over her. And I'm like, that makes no sense that you thought that he was attacking her or raping her. Which just makes it really feel like because he's not attractive i guess mm-hmm. looking yeah that's why he gets a bad rap yeah really. i mean he does have black <laughs> eyes and and like he does he doesn't again he doesn't ever tell people or disabuse them of like no i'm actually not a psycho killer i mean yeah. a psycho killer of lessers yes but not a psycho killer of women yeah um it's kind of like when you it's like bogus. it's bogus for sure you know when guys think you're a bitch and you just keep letting them think that because you're like i need them to have that the fear of, you know in them so they leave me alone like it's kind of feels like that <laughs> Um, so in case you guys don't know the backstory, so Zadist was a blood slave. So blood slaves typically back in the sort of medieval times that they talk about, um, were literally someone who was kept for their blood. So they have to feed off the other species as nourishment in addition to eating food. And they were kept for blood. He was also used as a sex slave, which is not always the case. A lot of times they're just for blood, but he was constantly raped by his female mistress and by lots and lots of men that she brought around that she liked to either have watched them together or she liked to like watch them rape him. Yeah. So he was getting horrors and horrors and horrors and degradations. And because they have like this insane ability to heal, he like any abuse that they gave to him, he would just heal from by the next day. Yeah. So he could always have it visited upon him. And he, they had to use this like salve to get him hard. So he never was actually excited. He never actually ever had an ejaculation. He was never into the sex. And so she always had to use this salve. So he really doesn't understand his own penis. He calls it it. Yeah. Which I think is really sad because it shows so that in his mind, he's still like the boy who went through the transition. He never mm-hmm. had any of those like fumblings we all go through. When he has that like conversation with himself, he's like, oh, about what to call it. He's like, dick. Okay. All right. Well, okay. penis. Penis. Cock. Uh, cock. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just let's go be the right. We're going to go with dick. Yeah. Okay. You're a dick now. <laughs> yeah. And like the first time he ever like, he's never like touched it. He doesn't even like to touch it to pee. Yeah. And he thinks it's so gross and vile and filthy and that his blood is tainted. And I think it's really, I think it's like a sad, this book actually for me is, is very hopeful in the sense that he finds someone and they slowly work together to go through their various traumas. Um, but also it's like, it's just very sad. This book, like for me, I feel the same way you do where it feels hopeful. It's like Mm -hmm. somebody who's gone through something so traumatic can like come back and like be like you know it can be redemptive in a way Mm -hmm. um and they can they don't necessarily have to not be scarred um but they can get over some of the triggers or work around some of the triggers that they might have Mm -hmm. also like like if i was like the mistress the one who was like you know constantly raping him and i had to like constantly put like salve (laughs) on somebody how depressing would that be for you it's so depressing and i I know that at one point in the book she's like i always have to use use this on you or whatever and it's kind of like in my head i'm like and that's the hint like (laughs) it's not for you you can't get it up without this yeah like maybe this is not for you you don't find me attractive (laughs) like maybe being raped constantly doesn't do it for my body my body doesn't like you (laughs) yeah and like weirdly Probably because like in in all these books, basically all the vampires are good looking. Yeah. Even if they're not like some of them are like astoundingly good looking, but like all of them across the board are pretty good looking. And the crazy thing is that when he transitioned, if she had just approached him in a healthy, slightly (laughs) more consensual, still conniving, still like setting it up. Yeah. And maybe even still chaining him up or something. But like if she had set it up in a slightly different way he might have eventually felt something for her because he was she, pre-transition he was he woke up after his transition chained to the bed getting his tattoos and she raped him right then yeah while the other two guys watched and he had never even like had a hard penis because pre-trans you can't even get hard yeah so it's like 
He went from being essentially a little boy to a man physically overnight and woke up chained to a bed and tattooed. And like fucking an old older older (laughs) mom like mom yeah (laughs) like vamp interestingly when bella was captured so the lessening society all are impotent which i think is kind of an interesting thing to have your sort of overarching villain not have any sexual aggression i love it i think it's so interesting because almost everyone and it's a big blanket statement i know but let's say 70 percent of books there's some threat at some point in one of their novels of sexual aggression, rape, yes. molesting. All the time. Even if it doesn't happen, like the, the possibility is there. The looming, and I, yeah. And I think it's so interesting that in this book, the big bad guy of the lessening society are all impotent and the Omega rapes them. Yeah. But there's a lot of male rape in it's these a lot books. of male rape. Um, and Which, a lot of the male rape is vampires and vampires. It's yeah. not like they're getting raped by quote-unquote bad guys um they're getting raped by other people of their species yeah i think like i mean and why shouldn't a book be equal opportunity when it comes to all of this yeah like it's it's um i like it a lot because it deals with even like um they talk about john matthew Mm -hmm. in this book he comes in which it's exciting for us because we love john matthew Mm -hmm. but like even he talks to his doctor about being sexually assaulted and and then going to therapy, having to like go to therapy for that. Um, and I like it because a lot of times nobody ever talks about guys having gone through this mm-hmm. or having to go to therapy or like another character saying like, hey, I went to therapy too. Like, you know, yeah, it's Butch not- tells him I went to therapy. I didn't think it was going to help. Maybe it didn't help right then. But then when I thought about what the therapist said, it helped me. Yeah. Which I think is just generally how therapy works in the room. You're like, <laughs> I don't know. And then. An hour later, you're like, "Oh yeah, that was a good point." Good to get that off my chest. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, and I think the way that they talk about it, where you know, John Matthew doesn't want to tell Tor because he's like, "No man would ever let this happen to them." Yeah, which I think is kind of a pervasive thing in culture that boys think it's something that they should have been able to prevent. But if you're a boy and being raped by a man, how would you prevent that? Ow. It's the same as a girl being raped by a man. You're you're small. I mean, girls you're and weaker. girls you're... and boys at a certain age are the same size, yeah, and the same strength and the same like everything. And he's so. pre-transitioned, so he's especially scrawny and weak. And it's not about your manliness at all. It's literally overpowering. And he held about a someone... five-inch serrated knife to your neck. Yeah. It's like. Well, that's anyone could get into that situation, even a very strong man. Um, and I like Absolutely. that they talk about that and, and that she deals with that. I do think in this book in particular, because of Zadist and John Matthew sort of revealing his thing, um, it, it does come up a lot. But I didn't feel like I didn't. Feel, I felt like they were all like earned scenarios. Like I didn't feel like they just came out of left field. Yeah. Like sometimes, like when something's revealed in the backstory, you're like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, you just use that as like an easy thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in this one, it all worked for the yeah. story and the characters. I do too. And I'm, I mean, I think we might have read this about J.R. Ward that she had already knew like how the story was going to map out ahead of time. Like when, like she dreamt it. Yeah, she like dreams each episode. Like, but I think she dreamt each, the whole each thing series or I something. Mean, yeah. And then. And that's how she's putting it together. And so I like that all these little nuggets that are coming out that work later mm-hmm. on in different books and stuff yeah, like I that is exciting for me. Such a hard time putting my notes together for this episode because there's a million things that happen to a million <laughs> characters and everything is so juicy and yeah. leads to so many different things. I mean, even John Matthew and Wellesley and Tor alone have oh. like such a beautiful kindling of their family and how much they're starting to love each other. And like Tor's like, I want to call you son. And he's like, I want that too. And Wellesley loves him and leaves him food. And reading it the first time, I was like, oh, finally, John Matthew's going to get a little happiness in his little <laughs> baby life. Even though he's like 25. And, you know, and then of course, spoilers, but of course, by the end of the book, Wellesley's dead, Tor's gone, John Matthew's all alone. And I was heartbroken because she did such a good set- job setting that up. So, so I've read this book probably, this is probably like my fourth time reading yeah. this book. And every time I avoid getting to the part where Wellesley dies, like, and I know what's coming, I know what happens. And as soon as I'm reading up, I get like this anxiety because it's like, 
once they say it, it happens. Like, you know, when you hear it in the book or you're reading it, it's like once that page happens, Mm -hmm. then Wellesley's gone, you know? But my thing was when I was reading it this time is I was, I didn't, I felt like I missed something in the story because she gets killed at Revenge's uh, Mm -hmm. house. Right. Going to check on Revenge's mother Mm -hmm. or the family or pay her respects. Right. But she's also married to Tor. Right. And so why doesn't she know that Bella is already... She Okay, so she does know Bella's alive, but she's going there not to give condolences. She's going there because they're planning the big festival, and she says, I'm not sure if she's receiving because of Bella. Oh, okay. But That's what I But I want to, like, involve her in the festival or whatever. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and she... And obviously David has been stalking Revenge's house, and then he, he sees her, because he's now found out she's alive, and he sees her... And just kills her because she's a vampire. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't care. And he just wants to hurt them. And then he kidnaps Sorrel. Um, Which Sorrel was like John Matthews. I love Sorrel. L- L- and she's like, let's I am. And yeah. I was like, the feels. When and he smiles at her and he's like, oh. And she was like, you know, will, she was like, let's I am. She yeah. was so willing to be there with him and stuff. And I, I remember watching like a BuzzFeed video a while back about like <clears throat> people who are deaf. And they were saying that um, – People are not willing to take the time to like write with them on a piece of paper to have a conversation or to mm-hmm. get to know them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I always remembered that. And so she was like, oh, this is a perfect way for mm-hmm. us to communicate and whatever. And I was like, it's so, oh my God. And he even said, like, I feel like her equal because yeah. I can type, you know, we can talk fast. Uh, I mean, I'm the only reason I'm happy that she's gone is that Zex. it <laughs> opens up the door for Zex. And without that death and Wellesley's death, I don't know that Zex would have been the trajectory that he went on. Yeah. However, I was very sad because I had all, in my notes, it was just feels, all caps, just like (laughs) elongated feels. (laughs) (laughs) I love them. I want to go back quickly though and talk a little bit about Bella because one thing about Bella in the last book is that we didn't get, even though we knew she was friends with Mary and lived across the pond from her and we got to meet her a little bit, Mm -hmm. And she had those couple interactions with Zadist. Um, in this book, I really liked how much of a badass she was. Like, she saves that vampire civilian at the beginning, which is how, what leads to her being freed. So it's not like, even though technically Zadist comes in and frees her from the hole and the Brotherhood frees her, really she frees herself because without her, they never would have found her. Yeah. And, the, and she, like, takes the beating and he, like, carves his name in her belly and she, like, I mean, but she's willing to go through all of that to free someone else. And then when Zadist is, like, throwing some bullshit at her, like, you don't know your own feelings, she's like, shut the fuck (laughs) up while I talk. I'm going to tell you about my feelings. Yeah. You don't know. You can't tell me about my feelings. And he's, like, shocked because no one ever, like, confronts him. And I love that about her. Because he is, as as we've said, he is a scary-looking and scary-emoting mofo. Yeah. Even though he's not as scary with her. Um, and she also talks to her brother and she's like, I will run away. Like, if you put me in seclusion, like, I am out and we are no longer family. And then <laughs> and then later, she's the one who ends up killing David and saves Zadis because he goes in half cocked. Yo. So she saves him and, like, <laughs> calls David over and is like, come hug me. And then well, blows his motherfucking brains that out was and the stakes thing, him. And I was like, get his ass, girl. So, first of all, I just want you listeners to know how Bridget just, like, punched her fist, like, like she was going to fight <laughs> so hard. Dude, that moment for me was actually so amazing and beautiful because she, like, calls him over and, like, David, David, David. And she could have, like, shot him earlier or whatever, but she actually, like, cradled him and held him and, like, held that moment strong before, like, she wanted to, to make sure him. that she killed him. She wanted to make sure she didn't just like wound him. Yeah. And so I was just like, that is some yeah. gangsta ass shit. And then shit. she's like, Zadist, focus. How do I kill him? In the sternum, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I don't want to hear none of your nonsense. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, go away, run she's away. Like, she's like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You can barely up. walk. <laughs> and then she gives him her wrist and she's like, I don't care if you like me. You're going to drink this right now because I can't care if you're a <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this is a gangsta moment. Like, yeah. I was. I was with her. And there. she's and even at the end when he's telling her like when they have that sex and and she's like I knew this was like goodbye and she yeah goes back to her revenge's house and with Marissa and everything and then she decides that she's going to leave Caldwell. She is like, "Hey, 
like, I love you, but I do wish I never met you, not for the reason you think, but because, like, my heart is broken. And she bounces. Like, she's not, yeah. like, she's not going to hand, like, stay around for that treatment. But he I also, really like, liked that about her. I mean, she was saying that, but I felt like she was waiting for him to be like, she, no, no, whole, no, She no. 100% was hoping. Yeah. And, and then, I think hope is nice, though. I was just kind of, like, at that moment, he was doing too much. He was, oh, no, 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 no. Be with Fury. No, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know? I wanted her to be a more hardcore deuces. Just be like, I'm out. I'm bouncing out. And then, like, she comes back to tell him that she's pregnant. And I was, like, a little bit like, nah, you don't deserve that. <laughs> nah, man. He's like, I'm letting her to read and then you, for you. And then you realize that the pregnancy is 18 months. I know. And that a lot of them die. And you're like, okay, no, she needed help. <laughs> she, can't, she can't do that baby thing by herself. That's that like is, an elephant. That's fucking crazy. I highlighted that. And I was just like, No. Can you imagine 18 Ten months. months? I mean, I did 18 months of pregnancy between the two. That's yes, too many. But you I had one, crazy I had in your a eyes. little break. I had a little break in between. Uh, but like, I cannot. 18 months. Bridget, you That's had a year and a half. You had crazy in your eyes. By the, All time, the time every day it was time for Molly to come out, you looked like was, you were going to punch Molly when she got out just for like, being so rude. Get out. <laughs> oh, you want to be a week late? Let's see who's funny now. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I was crazy. Eighteen months is just batshit crazy. That that is an elephant. That, I think an elephant's like two years or eight, eighteen months or something like that. Yeah, madness. Um, I have a question for you, Shawnee. Yeah. Do you care about the lessers or their storylines ever? I don't give a fuck about the lessers. <laughs> I don't give a shit about them. She writes way too much about them. I don't like. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care about their interpersonal skills. I don't care about who gets raped by which lesser and Omega gets somebody in the booty. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I totally agree. I actually feel like these books don't need it. I feel like no. they could just you could just delete it all from the books and we would never need to know. No. Insert because bad guy. Insert bad guy bad coming. Guy. Bad guy coming. Bad because, guy kill. Bad, that's like, all I need to hear. In this book, so I read them for this podcast. Yeah. I never, when I read these on my own, I always skip those chapters completely. I don't even look at them. I just, I'm like, oh, lesser chapter. Boop. Boop. It, I did read them for this podcast because I was like, well, maybe I've been missing something all this time. Yeah. I did think that, that O as a lesser was more interesting than typical lessers because typically they're just like, I want to kill all vampires and... I serve the Omega and, you know, like just bad guy nonsense. And yeah. I'm like, whatever. In this one, I did think he was a little bit more interesting because he was like, oh, I don't care about the lessening society. I only care about her. So he was just a little bit different of the typical lesser villain. Yeah. And well, yet, mm -hmm. didn't care. Could have skipped it. Yeah. I mean, this is the second time around that I've read the, the lessening chapters and whatnot. And the way they work in audio is that, the lessening stuff actually doesn't happen at the top of a chapter. It doesn't change to a new chapter when the lessening starts. It'll start like mid in the center. So sometimes I'm listening, listening, and then I'm like, oh, wait, we're at the Omega now. We're at the we're at the lessers thing now. I'm like, how did I get here? Rewind. But like uh, I find that his obsession with Bella um, is slightly interesting and what he's willing to do and why he um, he wants her to be his wife, which is like this archetype. Um, he can't have sex with her. So, um, and you know, you know that he had another woman in the past who looked just like her. So he's using her to replace somebody, you know, that he already, I think kill also killed or it seems hurt. like he killed. Yeah. In the past. So she kind of serves this purpose, which is, which is interesting. So it's not just like, Oh, I got to kill her. And he's willing to do anything to keep her. Cause he lies to like his boss and, and lies to the Omega. Yeah. He kills, and he kills the lesser that Four finds lesser. out about him, mm -hmm. uh, you or something. I forget what no, what letter he is. But, you know, so you know he's willing to do a lot to get her back. So the stakes are high. So I, I like that there, was, that there was that driving force behind the stakes, even for them, like, finding out about them buying apples for their festival or mm -hmm. so they can figure out where they are and that sort of thing. Um, so it is a slightly interesting to me, and by slightly I mean, like, 1%. Interesting to me as to how they're finding out where the Brotherhood was. The first two times I read this, I didn't know how the Lessers found them or whatever because I skipped through all of that. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Uh, if you're a Patreon, you can join our private Discord group. Uh, where we talk about all this stuff and you can let us know. You can also just drop us a comment on Instagram, hop on the website, leave a comment. We're on all the socials. We're on all the things. Uh, let us know. Romance at Glance. Romance let, at glance. At glance. Yeah, let us know because 
maybe some of you are like, no, I need to know all about the Lessening Society. And you know, more power to you if you care I about really it. I really need to know if people are reading this because you and I didn't even know each other when we read these books and both of us skipped that shit. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group, where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. Okay, this is a very serious thing. Why was there no threesome mating developed between Fury, Sadist, and Bella? I at one point was like, I could see it. I could. Because they both are bonding with her. Absolutely. But she like so does not care about Fury. And I was like, okay, fine. Fine. You're not going that way. But And they keep trying to pawn Fury off on her. I feel bad for Fury, honestly. Even though I didn't really love a lot of the things he did in this book, I feel very bad because he clearly has feelings for her and she just like could give a fuck about him. As a mate. Yeah. I mean, she likes him as a person, but... But he was always, like, second, like, yeah. not even any choice. Zetas like, is like, why don't you go feed Fury? Yeah. Why don't you let Fury feed you? And she's like, you know how insulting that is to just ask me to feed someone else? But I also feel like even after she was w- with him and stuff, Fury was still a little bit like, well, Puppy I doggy. might still take the leftovers. You know totally. what I mean? And I was like, oh... Yeah. This is but just, and this is like your twin brother. You guys were, he saved you, like, Fury saved you from, you know, whatever. And it, a little bit felt like Zetas felt he owed you know, something think, nice to Fury. I think he did. And yeah. he even says in the book, you've been like trying to keep me together for too long. Like you have to let go. You have to go and do your own thing. By the yeah. end, when they're laying in the bed together, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to try and give you less to worry about because this is killing you. And I want you to be happy and you should be happy and you're not. Yeah. Um, which I think was actually kind of lovely. And I can't even imagine like it was so for, sweet for hundreds of years having a brother who you desperately want to connect to and you want to help and love who's so damaged. And when he finally like lets you in and tells you he loves you and um, I can't even imagine like like I was emotional over that part. I was like I like when they're like they cuddling. Just, yeah. When they're cuddling. I was just like when he sings to him mm-hmm. and he thought it was an angel. I was just like. <laughs> I mean, it was like all the feels because when you think about it right so like i used to be a postpartum doula and i from for a while my specialty was multiples right so like i wanted to become specifically a doula for multiples and when you think about twins it's like they've been in the womb together they have this bond and when you see them in the crib together after they're born it is the cutest thing you've ever seen they'll curl around each other they'll like hold each other each other's hands they still are like connecting and fury lost zadis when he was very young and has been looking for him searching for him for years and years and years and years just to get back to that cradle spot of intertwined mm-hmm. and i just thought oh my god I just I can't do this. This is too much for my new emotionally open heart. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in, in my 30s and getting in touch with my feelings. And now everything just just like hurts and feels so heavy. <laughs> yeah. And I I felt that um, I just I just I think their their story is is sad, mm-hmm. but also it was very beautifully written. And at the end of this book, I felt like there was hope that they were going to come to a better place. Because the one thing I liked about the ending, um, there were like eight endings, but one one thing I liked (laughs) about the ending was that, as we talked about before, it's all about the actions. Walking, that motherfucking walk. Yeah. It's not about talking a good game, saying I'm going to change, saying I'm going to do all these things. Like, he literally was like, I was going to wait, not too long, because I didn't want you to be with another guy, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to wait until I was, like, someone you could be proud to be with, until I learned to read, until I, like, you know, he started eating, so he was, like, putting on weight and, like, was healthy, and he was teaching the young, um, you know, how to be warriors, and he was a part of the, you know, a part of the community of the Brotherhood Mansion, and then he was going to approach her and... and and be her friend. And he, he, even at that point is like, I didn't, I know you don't love me and you don't want to like, but I thought maybe we could be friends and I could be in your life that way. And that I liked because yeah. there are so many times in, in 
I feel like in any media, but especially in romantic stories and rom-coms and romantic books where the main woman forgets everything, all the evidence, all mm-hmm. the bad things. And it's like, it'll all be fine because you told me you <laughs> love me. And I'm like, yeah, except for you live in different states and you have all these problems and he's a mean guy and he treats you like shit and whatever. Yeah. But and you're like, I liked that he did the work on himself. I liked it. I do too. I'm with, I'm with you I'm on that sure. where it's like walk the walk, talk the talk. And then like, you know, I always, I also think like it's cool that he is like, I just, I want to be near you in your life. We may not be together, but you didn't do nothing to cause this. I did. And so this is what I've earned. I've, you know, like I've earned to not necessarily be considered to be part of your life, mm-hmm. you know, to not have that entitlement. That's like, take me back. Yeah, you know. that like I'm bonded to you, so you're gonna yeah. marry me. Which I also the one thing I also love about males. I mean, I I mean, Zetas is my favorite rage male, and but like, uh, or rage demon basically. Um, but the thing I love is that in this in these books, the women do not bond. The males bond, mm-hmm. right? So the males are inclined once they bond, they get super protective of their female. Their female could go fuck ten other dudes. Yeah, like they're not, <laughs> yeah. they're not locked in. Like you got to earn this because yeah. I have bounce exactly. And I'm fine with it, which I love because it's like the guys are bonded, but they still got to do the work. It's not like she's just there because her emotions and hormones have taken over, right? You know, so I do love that about this book because I feel like in general in life, women are always portrayed the other way that we always bond and then we can even be with an idiot but we're still there and da 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 so I do I do enjoy that he's like yo you could be with other fools and you could <laughs> you could be doing this all all this other stuff uh, or whatever she's like yeah I could be uh, <laughs> well, let's that leads me you know. into the needing so this is our first needing that we've had Ooh. I think right yeah I think this is the first needing. um this is the first needing that we've had and mm-hmm. um, let's talk about it I First Let's of get all, nasty. would not want the pain necessarily, but I could be down for 16 hours of orgasms and you just fucking what? and feeding. Mm. I mm. want to fucking feed on a daily basis. I mean, I think the act of feeding is so, the way she describes it and yeah. the way I imagine it is so central. It's like somebody pounding into you and you're like gulping like they're oh. light, like, Oh, mama. I mean, like, Sign me the fuck I've up. never, like, sucked somebody's blood, but, like, I fucking. hope not. It's unhygienic. <laughs> <laughs> we got tested. No. <laughs> like, like, I've never sucked someone's blood. But the act of, like, if you've ever been fucking and having someone literally, like, pushing food into your mouth at the same time, whether it be fruit or something like that, that shit is hot as fuck. No, it I does... have not ever had someone Bridget. doing that. Is, am I missing it? Yes. You are missing. I've it. had like Find food involved before or after, but I've never had no, food no, no. involved while there's a P in the V. No, no, no. A P in the V and something being shoved in your mouth at the same time. It hits an oral fixation. It, it explodes your I brain. I mean, I guess I've had like fingers in my mouth or like another penis in my mouth at the same time. But. But not food. But, but like food. a really good chocolate. Uh, yes. Or like a, a really good chocolate. Strawberry is really good. Okay. Like okay. T- pick I'm something you like. Hubs, you know what I mean? If you're listening, I know you're not, but if you were. <laughs> You would know this is happening. This, this needs to but happen. But instead, I will send you a text message and let you know. No, like <laughs> I'm all about like multiple streams of of uh, sensory, you know, sensory, yes. Taste. I need like three to explode my brain, okay, um, or whatever. But like, it. so the idea of like the needing of them, like fucking and eating and whatever, already sets my brain into like all tingle mode. Okay. Like, and she describes his his it his penis as being just like an arm, and I was like, you know what? You know what's interesting about that? <laughs> let me tell you. First of all, she's a vampire, so yeah. she can heal all wounds. So even if he rips her up a little bit, she's going to be fine in like 10 minutes. She's going to be fine. Secondly, when so I nice. read those things, I'm like, but would you really want something that's like 14? No, you no. don't. No. When you see those people on like things like riding like one of those dragon dildos that's, you know, 15 no. inches long and five inches wide, I'm like, that's like my child coming out. It's yeah. a fucking horror show. I know <laughs> I was there. I did not love it all the time. I feel like like nine. You know what I mean? Like a healthy nine, six to nine. Honestly, a great range. And if you can work it, then I we're all just we're all, need six. I do too. Six, six is great. Is perfect. But I'm saying nine is like once you're max. bigger than that, it's like 
What are we doing here? <laughs> what is it that we're doing here? At nine, I am breathing. I am doing like yoga exercises, tantra well, breathing. And, the, like, and the, the lead up to it has to be just devastating for me. Yeah. You know, because you got to like you get everything loosened. You you gotta gotta be, be, I got to be pouring. Yeah. Ready to yeah, go. Ready. Like there's no like, are you? Uh, let me just try to shove it in and see what's happening. Oh, no, you're not ready. Like there's none but of again, that. But again, it's paranormal so i'm gonna tell you again i'll forgive many many things in paranormal because i'm like she's a vampire she can just drink a little bit of his blood bam she's healed maybe they One got second. bigger i don't know vagina cavities <laughs> i mean clearly they, they, all the dudes are hung so they, they never clearly can take a the bigger girl, dick. though they always talk about the size of the guy's dick it's, but they never talk they haven't no book ever talks about the size of a girl's like vagina cavity i mean they like, have an 18 month gestation so it's clearly they're an ad and they talk about the anatomy being different the different hearts and different so i'm assuming that they have a different capacity to take a d i mean because it, it has to be because it's different anatomy again they're different species i accept all things i'm just letting you know if someone came at me with like a 14 inch dick i'd be like put that shit away it, it's not bridget <laughs> let me tell you right now i i will <laughs> there was one guy that came at me with something that was probably close to like a nine mm-hmm. or whatever and I immediately just about face and left. I was like, absolutely <laughs> not. Not a chance in hell. There's no coming back from that. I will not survive. Like that, I was like, I could do it. I never but saw I would, him I don't again. Know, I don't know that I would want to be doing it all the time. But if, I'm talking at 14 inches. Nine, yeah. I'd be like, okay, let's get crazy. Nine, I'm like, no. Let me just let me just drink a quick scotch <laughs> and let me just go. I'm tiny. Like I also don't yeah. want to ever give a blowjob to someone whose penis is that big. No, that, well, there's too much in there. That's when you can't put it all in there. That's, that's when like you're you like do two hands the sides. on there and you just lick the top. <laughs> yeah, like a popsicle. Like a popsicle. <laughs> you're licking the sides, looking around it, like ooh, making Anyone noises. Anyone has misophonia? I apologize for that <laughs> slurping sound I just made. Let's talk about dicks. Let's talk and about dicks, baby. Revenge. Mm. Okay. Oh, I so love revenge. revenge. I, and love I love him. By the time we get to his book, yeah. I am panting for it. In this book, however, I forgot how much of a dick he starts out at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like he's such a misogynist who is talking about how Bella has to be in seclusion and yada yada and all this nonsense. And then it turns out he's half sympath. So yeah. you got problems, brah. You got a different daddy. Got a different daddy. Yeah. And also he is a drug dealer and a pimp. Yeah. And runs all these illegal things. I'm not hearing any negatives. And he also is impotent. So I'm like, you know what? You are not a catch. Is he, he's forcibly off, impotent, right? He, he, he does it to himself. Him. Yeah. So he shoots himself up with dopamine to repress the sympath side so that he can like function in the world without basically like fucking with everyone's minds. And at this point in the book, we really don't know that much about sympaths. Like this is the first look into the sympath that we get. Yeah. I think it's super intriguing. I really like in future books when they explore the different ways that sympaths work and how their brains work. I think it's super cool. But I guess it's like not okay to be a sympath because he's hiding it. Right. Like, like crazy. And so when Fury finds out, he's like, it, it is, it's like a big deal. And there's like, it's like this weird kind of like mutual, um, it's like, a mutual, like, I know you're a I drug have addict, on you and, and I, can, I got something on you. Totally, yeah, totally. Um, but one thing I do, I was struck by more in this because again, I had forgotten how much of a dick he was. But I was struck by how lonely he is. And when Marissa comes over, like he's he, you could, he says in his like mental thing that he could easily like, take advantage of her and she's someone that he would want to like break and uh, if his sympath side was up like he yeah. would want to like overpower her and dominate her and all this other stuff um but that he you know treats her with respect and makes sure he has his dopamine in his system and stuff and that he realizes that like he's all alone like no one knows the real him and i just think that's so sad it is it is really sad but also like stop being so mean to bella <laughs> and then he wouldn't be so alone. Also, like, I mean, he was, it was annoying, like, how he was to Bella. Yeah. Like, I'm going to cloister her away and, like, Nonsense. make her, you know, not be able to leave the house. And I'm going to try to trick her into coming home. And Bella's <laughs> like, um, I see through you. You're going to not let me leave again. Um, you know, that annoyed me. But in general, um, I like revenge. I like the setup for oh, him. Mm-hmm. Because he, he did have peaks, um, like, moments where you could peek in and see you know, a better nature. Like when he warns Fury against using heroin, or, you know, he's like, look, man, yeah. I, I know I'll get it for you. That's my job. I'm a drug dealer. But. Right. And he takes care of his mom. And yeah. yeah. 
like so so I there was there was redemptive qualities there. I so agree. I was like, I'm here for it. Let's here see more. It. And like I love the sable coat and the pimp cane yeah. and the Bentley and like just his swagger. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm here for the swag. Yeah. I'm here for the swag. Yeah. In real life, I don't know if I'd like you, but I'm here for it. And a man in, with a cane, he could hit you with that cane real nice on the ass. You know what I'm saying? Bow, bow. Bow, bow. <laughs> <laughs> Consensually, of course. Yes, of course. Um, there's a couple other really cute moments that I would like to bring up. Please One is up. when Fury and all the brothers realize that his eyes are golden. I was like, and they're, they're like, welcome back, brother. And everyone's touching his shoulders. I was like, <laughs> the brotherhood. It's so beautiful. It's so funny, though, too, because like, like Zetas to me doesn't feel like the most uber touchy of a, of a fella. So when, no. when everybody's like uh, touching him and whatever, I, like in my mind, I'm kind of like feeling like the like okay, guys. <laughs> oh, but I see. I read it the opposite way that this was fu- this was the first time that he was oh like that the touch didn't make him uncomfortable that yeah. he felt that warmth and was able to feel that warmth and and that uh, that togetherness yeah and connection. So I actually felt like well, I think I that's it. actually what it was like. What you just described is, but like me as like a non hugger, like <laughs> like had that feeling where it's like oh so nice. <laughs> But I did think it was beautiful that he, like, was getting in touch with his, like, you know, emotions and his, like, his more of a touchy side. Like, I feel very kindred to that in that, like, in the last, you know, year and a half or two years, I've been trying to get really in touch with my, like, emotional side and my loving side and my connective side. And I'm way more affectionate than I ever was in life now. Like, Mm -hmm. stuff that would have pissed me off later like having someone's arm around my neck mm-hmm. i hated that feeling always now it doesn't bother me okay. and so i'm like there's all these little things that that used to just like irk me that i'm like oh okay even people like hug me after the shows after i have explicitly just said i'm not a hugger on stage they'll come up to me <laughs> and like bear hug me within like 60 seconds of me walking off the stage and i'm always like i used to just be like oh but now i just like lean into it yeah. And I hug people. I started hugging people like their mom. Like I'll put my hand on the back of their head like to, and hold them really tightly. And you would think that like this would be really weird and awkward, but people just cry. Like at this point, I, I've had so many people cry at me, Bridget, that I don't know I've just met or whatever just from hugging them like this. And you just don't think about it. Nobody hugs you like that and cradles you in their arms. It's I'm glad that you don't do that to me because if you do that to me, I'd be really fucking weird about I, I wouldn't do it to you because you you were not that I person. I mean, you hug me, yeah. which I noticed that you now do more than you used to, but uh, you hugged me today when I saw you. Hmm? But yeah, if you cradled the back of my head, I'd be like, what? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> now next time, next time I hug you, I'm going to cradle you. <laughs> But I do, I do hear what you're saying. And I do think, I mean, to your point about growth and working on something and actively trying to overcome something, I think it, in general kind of showcases that someone like Zetas can overcome things. Because I feel like sometimes things aren't earned in books and they happen way too fast. Like, yeah. oh, someone's badge is a miracle cure-all and all of a sudden they're, <laughs> they're fucking fine. And, and like, you know, see Gentleman Center as an example for that. And it is nice that it was a progression yeah, and not a quick solution. Um, one of the many epilogues that I thought was cute was when you he- see it from the point of view of one of the kids in training and he sees Zetas like beating up that punching bag and like going so fast and he's like, oh Jesus, that guy's a stone cold killer. And then Bella and Nala walk in and he's immediately like cooing at her and she falls asleep on his chest. <laughs> and the guy's like, wait, what? Like and you're tiny- like, oh my God, he loves his young. <laughs> Thank you. I also well, like that they call them their young. I yeah. think that's kind of adorable. But I also love about that that scene specifically is that you can have somebody. So there is something, I think we've even talked about this before where um, someone in life is like a badass, but they are a softie for you. Like you see them go to work and they will crush people around them. They do business like crazy. You know what I mean? Like they are the beast out in the streets. And when they come to you, you are their soft place. Yeah. Like there's something so yummy about that feeling. I a hundred percent agree. Um, speaking of yummy, yummy, yummy. Um, I really love the V vicious and Butch friendship. I've loved it from the moment Butch gets introduced in book one. Uh-huh. Um, I like his character so much because part a, cause he's like kind of a gruff cop, you know, like no nonsense, which I enjoy. 
Also because he's kind of our window into the world. So many things get explained to us because they're being explained to him. Yeah. Or he's questioning why something is some way that I'm like, wait, why is it that way? And then the characters explain it to him as they're explaining it to us, which I really like that uh, style of writing and way of storytelling. Um, I also just love the kind of like homoerotic like best like beyond best friends like they are like almost like halves of a whole sort of friendship that they have um even after the needing when fury uh fury vicious and butch are all in the bed together like naked because they just like couldn't take it anymore (laughs) fury's like oh i don't want to be around two guys and butch just like doesn't try to get away from vicious he just covers him with a covers it says that he covers them both with the same blanket yeah i just love that friendship and when V feeds him his blood and then, like, holds him while he's just, like, going crazy and is like, don't throw it up. Hold it down. Yeah. And then he, like, has this blinding <laughs> orgasm. And V's, like, not even phased by that. He's just like, I got you. I got you. Stay with me. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. What is happening? It was. That was such so a So much is happening. <laughs> and, like, they're teasing that, like, V's the kinky one. And I'm like. What kind? Tell what? me. Tell me what <laughs> What's kind. The <laughs> Tell me. And Butch, even afterwards, I mean, he was like, he was not happy that he got held down or whatever, but he like orgasmed. And then after that, he didn't, it wasn't like, the fuck, man, I'm going to beat your ass. He was just like, he's just like, next time I'd prefer a choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd still drink it, but I want to choose. I want to choose. <laughs> yeah. Totally. You know? So it's like, I, I did. That was really awesome. And yeah. speaking of Butch, I was a little bit uh, confused, I guess, by him rebuffing Marissa. Because she comes, he hasn't seen her in months and months. Um, In the last book, he went to her house and asked to see her, and he was turned away by the butler, or the Duggan. And in this one, he sees her in real life, and she's like, I would love, will you come and call on me? And, like, she asks him to come see her, and he's like, He's like this – in his mind, I know he's like wrapped up in his own shit and he's like, I asked once before and she like turned me away. And I'm like, yeah, but she's asking right now and yeah. you're in love with her. Like, what are you doing? Did you feel like that was weird? I did. Or did you get it? Because uh, well, I, I don't know if she ever knew that he came. She doesn't. We find out in the right? next book or maybe the book after yeah. that. She doesn't know. So she doesn't Spoiler know. Spoiler for the future books. But we, find, <laughs> we do find out in the future that she did not know. Yeah. So he came and he thinks that she turned him away. Right. And I think at now, like, his pride is hurt. Like, what, oh, what, games are, what game are you playing with me now? Um, you're like, will you call on me? He's like, dude, you just turned me away when I came with my heart on my sleeve. So I understand why he he's like, nah. Okay. That makes sense from you that know point what I mean? of view. Like, but, he's like, you're playing games with my heart. So, yeah. Because I'm a human or so whatever. So it's a setup for that misunderstanding. You know, gotcha. Like, you gotta have a misunderstanding. Yeah, because they gotta be have one. a love story later. There's like twenty books. There's gotta there's, be. <laughs> yeah, there's twenty books. I I mean, these books. One thing I love about her writing style is like she's setting up so many stories at the same time. So like you already know like Butch and Merce are gonna have a book. Yeah. Like you, I mean, eventually you know John Matthew will go through his transition and probably have a book. Um, Fury has to have a book. Like every like, there's so many different characters that we're already invested in. Like Butch and like V. V's got to have a book. Like what's going on with him? So one thing I really love about J.R. Ward's writing style is that she's constantly developing multiple different subplots. So a lot of books have like the A couple and the B couple. She has the A couple and then she has the B couple, but then she has like C, D, E, and F that are all starting. So by the time you get to their books, six or seven books later, you're so invested in those characters. And I just love that about the brother- brotherhood. Also, the one thing I didn't realize until recently is how she spaces out the new like um, characters coming in. So in my mind, like Quinn and Blaylock already were in the books, but they're not in the books yet. Yeah. But I love those characters later love on. Them. So she introduces them at some point and they just become part of the brotherhood and part of yep. the, the relationships I'm waiting to see happen. Yeah. And I've heard Blaylock's name in this book because he said his name one time to John Matthew, but we haven't actually learned anything, anything. else about him except yeah. that he has red hair. So I'm very like, I'm like, oh man, she really knows how to like get you. Like Easy. little, just little drops here and there. And that's how she's got this, this book series going like for the massive amount of books that we cannot even read read all of them in this podcast and like yeah. <laughs> like number of books so yeah it's really cool and also like like we've said before but like looking at jr ward reading about her wikipediaing her looking at her website you just would not 
like judging a book by its cover, you would not see this book series necessarily coming out of this woman. I agree. She's she's like a Kentucky Derby like Going big hats, big lots hats. of jewels. Yeah, like socialite. She, she says she's very type A and like runs all the time. And then she's got this rich vampire inner dream life happening. Yes. It, and and it's just so interesting to me because because you know, if if you put like 10 people in a room and her as well, she would probably be, probably be the last person I would choose to have written this series. And I I just love about how they listen to gangster rap and how they like, you know, the way they talk and they're supposed to be all badass and stuff and she's just like this cute little socialite. Like I'm I'm for it. It just I love when people <laughs> like surprise me and and I'm excited for it. So, it's just I I don't know. I had to put that out there. It's very interesting. Well, speaking of badasses, what do you think about our heroine? Ooh, okay. So, I went back and forth between a 4 and a 5. Okay. Um, but I think I settled on a 5 because the moment where she cradled the lesser and then killed him, I thought super badass i was just like omg you cradled like your abuser so that you could murder him i support you and the other thing i liked about her was that she allowed zadis to be triggered and to have his triggered and she was always very kind of accepting and um nurturing of him in those moments that were super vulnerable yeah i agree that was i said i gave her a five i love that she like calls him out for telling her what she's thinking or feeling instead of listening to what she's saying. But I also like that she respects his boundaries. She respects like that, you know, like after he says you can't be on top, she's like, okay, no problem. Like she sort of lets him know, like I'll go as slowly as you want or touch you how, you know, like I want you to feel comfortable and be in this with me, you know? Yeah. Um, and also like she saves that civilian. She kills David. Um, She's just dope. And she, like, protects her own feelings and, like, is, like, sorry if you're not going to treat me right. I'm I'm, out of I'm the fuck out of here. Also, so. if a guy says to me, like, oh, um, I don't really want you to be on top, I, in my mind, I'm, like, yay. Because that is a whole lot of work. Whenever I'm on top, I'm, like, well, I'm definitely not orgasming in this position. Oh, it's really? Just, I orgasm better in that position. No, I don't. Like, oh, for me, it's too much. Because I, I can rub the, like, you my can? clit on, like, where I need to. Well, the thing is, it feels really good. However, I just can't make it there because I'm uh, too focused on making on like the action. The churn. Yeah, the churn of it all. Oh, I so love for it. me, the like not being on top, dog style is actually my favorite. That's okay, that's doggy like, style. If we're finishing that if we're finishing Yeah, there's <laughs> so, a reason why animals have it down. Have it down. Like it's it's a finisher move. It's like we yeah. can play, 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 but when I'm like, I'm yeah. done, I'm, I want to go watch it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it's law and order time. I need to, I need this to wrap up. <laughs> I just turn and flip around and he he's like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, finish up. <laughs> yeah, because like no guy can last all that long in doggy style. No, not not at all. They can't conquer that ass. I'm saying and I have a lot of ass. So <laughs> Well, what did you think about Zeta? So what was your hero rating? Well, what do you think about Zayden? I gave him a five. I like him a lot. Um, my favorite part about him is that he's like, in a lot of ways, he's just so sheltered and confused. Like all the time that he's being mean to people, most of the time it's because he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And he doesn't know how to feel. And he never learned any of those emotional skills that people learn because he was literally chained in a basement being like raped and molested and fed from for Hundreds of years, not just like a year. It was for a like immense amount of time. Yeah. Um. So I really like that. And dreamy to McSteamy. I like that he. Yeah. I just like him. I like him. Yeah. Um. I think he's supposed to be McSteamy, but I think he's McDreamy underneath all of his <laughs> gruffness because he just like wants to like lay between her legs and eat her out all day and make her feel good. And yeah. He like calls her Nala and wants to love her and cherish her. Yeah. I think he's really it's not a McSteamy, and their sex is very vanilla and and loving yeah. and gentle. It's not like he's not like giving her the business. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he's not giving her the nasty. Yeah. I gave him a four okay, uh, because I, I wrote that he's my favorite rage beast. Um, he's probably like the first rage be- beast kind of character that I've ever been introduced to. And I think a lot of books copy J.R. Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I so so like I just I love the way that he fucks her during her kneading. Mm. Like I just love how that goes down. I know they had some issues here or there, but there was just like a scene where he was just going, yeah. go, and I was like, yes. Let's go. <laughs> and then he goes from that and he's so sweet to her. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's basically like whatever you need, whatever mm-hmm. she needs, mm-hmm. he will like give her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really love that. F- for me, sometimes a lot of like the past angst and stuff gets in the way. And that's probably why I gave him a four instead of a total of five. Um, but I <laughs> I wrote that he's a um, he's a McDreamy. Um same way because he's like super loving. He has that gruff exterior, but I then I did say he's a McSteamy in the sheets okay. because I was like he gave it to he her. He went to Pound Town. He did go to Pound Town. <laughs> he is at Pound Town, <laughs> you know. And then I said that the sex was uh, vanilla, but it had a primal element to it for me, sure. which is like for me my kink. So I, whenever things are a little animalistic in yeah. the, in their nature, I'm like, yes, that's all. that's the business. Give her the business. <laughs> I said that they were vanilla and very emotional because they were like very connected. They were. It's kind of like that when you get fucked out of your mind, but he's looking you and you're dead in your eyes and you'd be like, (laughs) start crying a little. (laughs) You start crying a little and you'd be like, yo, what? You don't know what happened. Your ancestors calling out. They're singing for you like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and afterwards you're cuddling and you're just like, the aftershocks are just going and you're just like, I I will never. Do I have to speak again today? (laughs) Or am I supposed to be a human being? Or because I'm floating, 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 floating. Work canceled. Everything canceled. Cancel all my plans. (laughs) Assistant, assistant, cancel my plans. Google, cancel my plans. Alexa, Alexa. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's that's how I felt about it. What was your favorite quote? Did you have a good one for this one? Uh, I did have a favorite quote. I had I had two favorite quotes. <gasps> Ooh, Shawnee joining Team Bridget with the I two know, quotes. I know, I did. I was like, Bridget always has two quotes. <laughs> um, so mine was just like something I just thought was indicative of how he was, which she asked him, uh, is it true you cleaned my house? And he was like, yes. And she's like, I'm going to hug you now. Mm. And I just thought that was really so sweet. sweet because like, you know, in, in life, I have those moments where there's so, a certain person. I'm like, can I hug you? I just, I just yeah. really want to hug you. I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm going to hug you to show how much <sighs> this means, means to me. To me. And yes. I thought that scene was really cute. You know? I really liked Bella. Um, So I, this is Bella and Zeta. Zeta says, I think you're confused. He looked down at the floor. You have no idea what you're saying right now. You arrogant bastard. She snapped. Z's head shot up. Well, wasn't that a slap in the ass number two? Excuse me? Do us both a favor and don't try to think for me, okay? Because you're going to get it wrong every damn time. And I was like, snaps, girl. Snaps, girl. I also, I don't know if you caught this line. I never saw it before. This time I read it, but it was, and it wasn't Donald Trump rent of royalty <laughs> when they were describing the mansion yeah. when John Matthew first went. And I was just like, that is hysterical. <laughs> I mean, these books came out a long time ago, Yeah, but I just like that description of Donald Trump rent of royalty. Okay. So then my second favorite line is uh, Zetas. Um, Bella's like, you know, after him a little bit. And Zetas is like, do you just want me to fuck you, Bella? Because that's all I've got in me. And I was like on the other end of the book going like, yes, she just wants to like fuck her. Like she keeps saying that. <laughs> she keeps saying it. It's like like the Jamaican song where it's like, if she says she wants it, if she says she needs, don't you keep her waiting? Give it to her, please. I mean, she literally says, I know it'll be rough. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Like I, I know can, it'll be from behind. I'm fine with that. I consent. I consent. I consent. I, consent. I, I am so wet. I am so wet. Put the D in me, please. <laughs> I'm like, does she need to spell it out for you? What needs to happen here? Yep. Fuck her. Yeah. Yeah. My second one, because the other one was not really a real one. It was just a funny one. I see. My second one is, one by one, they reached out and touched him, their big hands gently on his shoulders. Welcome back, my brother, Fury whispered. And I was like, (laughs) 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 they love him. (laughs) Yeah. I also like how his eyes go black when he's like fighting and then he sees her. They turn back, which I think is nice. That's really lovely. Because don't you want someone who looks at you and like... Essentially, they're like the goodness of their soul shines through their eyes because of you. There's nothing better than when somebody looks at you with like love and devotion. Yeah. Or like they can't believe that like you are theirs. Yeah. Or like, you know, like you're just like, ah. Mm. So nice. Um, I had a favorite review. Mm. So my favorite review is from Goodreads. It was Lisa. Um, And her review was five Zetas stars. If I was chosen to drop the F-bomb in any review... This book would be it. I loved this book. 
If I haven't quite made myself clear yet, then let me tell you, I have an unhealthy fixation on all things brotherhood. This is so far my favorite book of the series, and if possible, I'm more addicted than ever. Zadist is the ultimate alpha kingdom of vampires. Broken, destroyed, scarred, damaged, dark, dangerous, and I loved him. I was like, yeah. 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 My favorite review was from somebody named Wendy, who managed to get, like, a this really cute um, icon on her Audible that's, like, this, like, outline of a woman hula hooping, which I'm just like, respects. I like this. This is a great icon for Audible. Um, but she said, uh, my favorite book so far. This book centers on Z, who is the darkest character of the Brotherhood so far. Because of my growing curiosity of Z in the previous books, I was looking forward to getting into the story. I was not disappointed. Ward tackled very strong emotional and physical traumatic subjects very well. It's a great story. My respect to Ward is growing as a writer because she forces her characters to grow and confront their inner demons. She doesn't chicken out by grazing over obvious social issues. She does it very subtly. No preaching to the reader behind her characters. Very solid series. She goes on a little bit more about the narrator, but that's basically the gist of it. And and I think, like, I like this review because she nailed what I did not like about Alicia Rye's The Right Swipe, where, like, every social issue was thrown at you very preachingly. Mm-hmm. And I, I like G.I. Ward because she's dealing with very social issues, um, and they just organically go through them as characters mm-hmm. versus having this, like outer voice talking about it or every time you put on a condom they're like is there consent you know what i mean like and all the fun is gone yeah (laughs) or whatnot Uh, so i thought this this review kind of nailed that on the head well i think your answer is pretty obvious but would you recommend this book shawnee oh i'd recommend this book bridget (laughs) recommend this book to your mama your grandmama your niece if they're over 18 over 18 I started reading. Over 14? I started reading. 18? This Jesus one, Christ. I mean, this what one. What about high schoolers? 17. 17. 14. I'm more conservative than you are, though, I think. Well, I think once you're like, you're feeling lusty feelings once you like start getting your period Oh, my stuff. God. I've been reading romance novels since I was like 13, but they were not as graphic as this. They were like, um, oh, I was Daniel, reading these. The first oh, one. I was not. Oh, fun fact, dear listeners. <laughs> the first Brotherhood book I ever read was Vicious's book. Really? Oh, yeah. Because my sister had been reading it. She had read the other ones, but that was the only one we had at the house. And I remember being so aroused, but also like, why am I aroused? He's like, look. Because there's so much BDSM in there and like kinky shit. And I remember just being like so aroused, but also like under my covers aroused, you know, where I was like, I don't know if I should be aroused. Should people be aroused by this? I was like 15 probably. Okay, okay. Because, like, every book I read, mine was, like, a slow progression, right? Because I found my first romance novel in my middle school library. So there wasn't, like, a whole bunch of access to other romance novels. So I read, like, every Daniel Steele book I could get my hands on and any, like, probably any YA romance mm-hmm. that they had in there. So remarkably tame. Daniel Steele does not get steamy, Mm-mm. right? Um, but then after I exhausted everything i could find in my in my middle school i was like well i gotta go to the big library and that was a smorgasbord <laughs> that's when i got the really good that's when i got bodice rippers mm-hmm. that's when i got like ooh, some real dick penetration type stuff you know what i mean that's when i learned what oral was like there was like it was like heaven i was like oh and same thing like your body starts feeling ways that you don't even know what's happening or why or how to release it or like what's you know oh yeah i didn't know how to like release yeah tension. you have to it just you have to read another book i just book. remember being like <laughs> but like the only way to chase the fix is to read another book that's why i think romance but novels that one, are if an you're, addiction if you're coming into so i i recommend for sure reading this series in order yeah some series like it's not as important in this series i think it is actually really important because the development of all of the side characters leading up to their books really makes you excited yeah. for their books. So definitely start with the king, or actually it's not called the king, it's called Dark Lover, but start with Wrath the King um, and work your way up. Um, I just meant as a as a teenager starting, yeah. starting with the most graphic BDSM oh, God, of the Bridget. series oh, God, was like a lot. But then I went and read them all and I was fine. But and I th- obviously I'm fine. So I think they can start Author's, reading at 14. Author, I'm putting she, my foot down. 14. She's not fine. 
<laughs> all right, dear listeners. That's wait, all wait, the time wait. We have. Oh, no, it's not all the time. Shawnee's going to make one more point about me. <laughs> no, I'm going to make the point that reading this book in order is important because when you get to whoever the main character's book is, you do not have to sit through all the supposition and you do not have to sit through all of the backstory being led up to and them trying to find ways of inserting it in the story. The story should just go. And I think that's the important oh, yeah, reason. I, to... I do really like that she doesn't recap anything. No, there's no recap. Read Which, the other book or read the other book the or just out. like or just accept that you don't know what's going on. Yeah. That's a great point. I hate hate I books hate recap. Series. We're three p- chapters in. I'm like, oh my God, this is just nonsense. People should have just read the other book. Yeah. Because <laughs> what'll <laughs> don't happen penalize is, me. That, exactly. Don't don't penalize me for being a avid reader of your books. Yeah. And that's what you were doing. And any good reader will read a book and yeah. realize that, oh, this must have a prequel or a right. sequel. And they'll go look for it. Yeah. And I'm fine with the way that they set this one up where it tells you like, this is six weeks. Or like, he's been searching for her for six weeks and she was abducted outside of Mary's house. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. I know where we're at. Yeah. Like that one sentence is enough to like get me back in. And I like that because I feel like when I read her books, she assumes I'm an intelligent reader. Yes. And that's really lovely. So go read it. Mm-hmm. Read the visit whole- our website. If read you more. have never purchased it before and you yeah. would like to purchase it, visit our website. We'll have a link. We get a teeny tiny kickback. And until then, may your books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. Yowza. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.